Let's open the Word of God to Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 2. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 2. We want to rejoice today, like we did last Lord's Day, in the four verses that are before us in John chapter 6, in the finished work of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the promise and guarantee of Him coming to raise us up in the last day to be with Him forever in heaven. However, I want to start the day off because we're going to end it with the Lord's Supper, with a warning that the Bible gives us about giving proper attention and respect to the subject and to the person of the subject, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me read to you the first four verses of Hebrews 2, remembering the theme of Hebrews is to present the preeminence and the superiority of Jesus Christ to everything under the Old Testament to keep those converted Jews from backsliding back into Old Testament religion of Moses. Hebrews 2, chapter 1, has explained that Jesus is superior to the angels. Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard lest at any time we should let them slip. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him? God also bearing them witness, both with signs and wonders, and with divers miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost, according to his own will. Brethren, these verses are presented to Hebrew Christians before 70 AD, and we believe that the primary intent of the warning is that they would not backslide from their profession and baptism in Christ and receive the judgment that was coming on that nation. I've taught you that many times. It's one of the rare things our church understands and believes that is not understood by hardly anyone else. We're thankful for that light. But at this moment, I want us to gather from these verses as much as we can for ourselves. And so it says in these verses, verse 1, we ought to give the more earnest heed. Does that still apply to us? Indeed it does. Earnest heed. What is earnest? Fervent, passionate, affectionate heed for the things that we have heard in the gospel. They were to do it, but we're to do it as well. The judgment falling upon us will be different than the judgment that fell upon them, but we want to be diligent and fervent and passionate in our taking heed to the gospel. Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed. The therefore is there for the purpose of drawing a conclusion from the fact that Jesus is greater than the angels, which was chapter 1. We do not want to let the gospel slip. That first verse says that. Lest at any time we should let them slip. Them, the things which we have heard, the truth of the gospel, can slip away by all sorts of means. Birds can snatch it, thorns can... Thorns can choke it out. The devil can take it away. We can lose it through neglect. Verse 2 says, For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, 
This verse means the Old Testament was given by angels. Angels came, the Bible tells us this in numerous places. Angels came down on Mount Sinai and gave it to Moses, who gave it to the people, and that law was severely enforced. For if the word spoken by angels, the Old Testament was steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward. There was pure justice practiced and applied in the Old Testament to enforce Moses' law that he received by the disposition of angels, as Galatians would tell us. So the comparison's being drawn. If that happened then, how shall we escape, verse 3, if we neglect so great salvation, better than anything they had, which was spoken to us at first by the Lord and then confirmed to us by his apostles, God bearing those apostles special gifts and signs to show that they had a divine mission from heaven. The words that should grip us are in verse 3. How shall we escape if we neglect? Neglect. We neglect by not preparing. We neglect by daydreaming. We neglect by not repenting while we're sitting in the pews, hearing the word of God, knowing there are things in our lives that are not perfect in the sight of God. Neglect is not reviewing. Neglect is not loving. Neglect is not being passionately persuaded and embracing these things. How shall we escape if we neglect? Because we can neglect it ourselves. These Hebrews could neglect it, but so can we. And it's called so great salvation. And it goes on to describe it. The Lord Jesus taught it first, of course, with John the Baptist for a few months before him, but then the apostles and the mighty signs and wonders done by those apostles who turned the world upside down. We have something far broader, deeper, more important, truer than the Old Testament types and shadows of Moses. And so we don't want to neglect it. So here we sit at the beginning of several hours. If you're tired, it's your fault. Don't blame God. Don't blame me. It's your fault. You didn't prepare. I go to bed on Saturday nights at a ridiculous time. I consider it ridiculous. And I'm no hero. I do it with a very specific intent in mind. And I'm able to tell the Lord every Saturday night why I'm in bed so early. If you're tired, it's your fault. Forget it. It's a choice. Get over it. Embrace the things that we're to, we're to hear. Right. Search yourselves and examine yourselves, whether you're in the faith and how seriously committed and devoted you are to the gospel that we're going to hear, the good news, the glad tidings of Jesus Christ. I could turn you to Hebrews 10, and we could read a similar passage that's drawn out a little bit more with some more details but there isn't time. Come with me back to 1 Corinthians 11, and let's look at something addressed to Gentile Christians of a local church. 1 Corinthians 11 deals with the Lord's Supper. Hebrews 10 confronts the same audience in the book of Hebrews that if they were to backslide, then they're doing despite to the Spirit of grace. The Holy Spirit is a gift given to us, and when you neglect the gospel, you're despising the Holy Spirit. 
See, the Old Testament didn't have the Holy Spirit. They couldn't despise Him in the same way. We've been given the gift of the Holy Spirit since the day of Pentecost, and when we neglect the gospel, which He is the great power behind it, we're we're despising Him, and then it says, we can count the blood of the covenant. This cup is the New Testament, or this cup is the New Covenant. We can count the blood of the covenant wherewith we are sanctified, an unholy thing. Count it. We would never say those kind of words. We would never say that the blood of Jesus Christ is an unholy thing, but we can do it by sinning willfully against the truth. Their willful sin was backsliding to Moses. Our willful sin is to go out of here and live for the world and be a friend of the world and the enemy of God. 1 Corinthians 11, verse 27. Verse 26, let's get four verses. For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death till he come. The Lord's Supper is a very important memorial feast where we show something. It's a show and tell. It's the gospel with a couple of elements to help us see it in that cup of red wine that looks like blood and that unleavened bread that we tear and break. It's a picture. It shows, it shows something. The Lord gave us a visual demonstration of what happened to his son, and we show his death till he comes. And what's he coming for? When's he coming? He's coming in the last day, and he's coming to raise up every single one the Father gave him. These are huge, transcendent events, promises and guarantees of our surety, the Lord Jesus. Verse 27, wherefore, since we're showing the Lord's death in this cup and the bread, wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. Those are not my words. Those are Paul's words by the Holy Spirit. If you come in here and do not do the Lord's Supper with us the way the, the Lord has told us, and I'm going to get to that in a moment, the two rules, right, in the next two verses, then you are guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. You crucified him, and you're re-crucifying him right here in the Piedmont of the Carolinas in 2017, and you're guilty before God. And that's why there were many that were sick, many that were weak, and many were already dead in this church. You know, we're accused of being harsh. I'm accused of being harsh. This is the Word of God. It's not Jonathan Crosby. It's the Word of God. A good portion of the Corinthian church was already dead. A good portion of the Corinthian church were in hospitals because they neglected the importance of the Lord's Supper. The two two things we need to do right. Verse 28, But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. We examine ourselves when we check Have I confessed every sin? Have I forsaken every sin? Do I hate those sin, that sin that easily besets me? Are you there? We need to be there today. We're going to rejoice and celebrate today. So let me get this out of the way. But this is just as true as any joy that we ought to have. We're guilty of the body and blood of the Lord if we don't examine ourselves. You need to hate those... Every one of you has a propensity to sin. You you have certain sins that you like. You have certain pet sins that you protect and keep, and you don't want to give up. Let's tear them out. 
and hate them. That's what this verse is teaching us then. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, we're getting an explanation now from verse 27, eateth and drinketh damnation to himself. That's the judgment described, weak, sick, and dead, not discerning the Lord's body. We want to see in the elements the Lord's body. And it isn't just intellectual assent. Intellectual assent is not good enough. It is a passionate embracing and love of the person behind those two elements and submitting ourselves to him as Lord in every part of our lives, especially our habits, especially our propensities and our personal sins. Okay? That's what it says. That's the truth of the New Testament. We are dealing with something more serious than the Old Testament when Mount Sinai looked altogether like a blast furnace, any animal that got past the boundary was to be thrust through with darts. And even Moses exceedingly feared and quaked at the presence of God on Mount Sinai. This is more important because now God has spoken to us by his Son. This will conclude our day when we come to the Lord's table. But do you know how we can give him four hours of a pure mind and heart? By repenting right now in any way that you need to repent. Let us pray. Our Father, which art in heaven, blessed God, we worship thee this morning. Our souls are quieted now before thee. Thou art worthy of our reverent and fearful praise and worship. We bless and praise thee, Lord of heaven and earth, that thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent and revealed them to babes. We do not look at the Lord's Supper like passing through the drive through of a fast food restaurant, as many churches do. Heavenly Father, we know that we are showing forth the Lord's death until he comes for us. And when he comes, he's going to come in flaming fire with his mighty angels to wreak vengeance on them that know thee not and do not obey thy gospel. Right. Heavenly Father, we thank thee. We thank thee, Lord of heaven and earth that the Lord Jesus Christ spoke the truth 2,000 years ago. His apostles heard it. They were called to the ministry, empowered with the Holy Spirit from on high on the day of Pentecost, and declared that gospel with mighty signs and wonders to the world and turned the world upside down. Their voice was heard everywhere, and we thank Thee for that. We thank Thee that we have heard the joyful sound ourselves. And Heavenly Father, we thank Thee that we live on this side of the cross, and yet we need to take up that cross and bear it daily, that we're under a greater obligation to serve thee than anyone under the Old Testament. We see it. We believe it. We accept the responsibility in thy sight. O Lord, we know that we're going to come to your table, and the Lord of glory, by his Spirit, will have descended and joined us in fellowship around this holy meal. At that time, O Lord, when we take up the cup, representing his shed blood, and we take up the bread, representing his broken body, O Lord, we want to do it in a worthy manner. We want to do it in a way that pleases thee. Help us, Heavenly Father. Let us examine ourselves and tear out anything that is distracting, anything that is defeating, anything that is contrary to the wholesome words of our Lord Jesus Christ and his pure apostolic doctrine. Help us, Lord, to discern 
in the elements, the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, lest we be guilty of that body and blood, and lest we bring upon ourselves damnation that we would thus deserve. Heavenly Father, be with us now. We pray that you'll be with all your saints and servants throughout the world. We pray for the strict and particular Baptists of England and New Zealand and Australia. We pray for the Reformed Baptists and the Primitive Baptists and the Landmark Baptists and the Sovereign Grace Baptists and the Founders section of the Southern Baptists. And we pray for those ministers that we know by name and all those that we do not know by name, wherever they might be, O Lord, preaching in sincerity and in truth, the gospel of Jesus Christ, we pray that you would uphold them and bless them in their assemblies in every way and measure as we pray for ourselves. Right. We are nothing. We are the least of all churches. We are willing to serve all of them by prayer and supplication on their behalf. Heavenly Father, we thank you for our great nation. We pray that you'll preserve it and guide those in authority from highest to lowest, preserving them from their enemies, blessing them with wisdom and defending them. O oh Lord, and guiding them that they would pass legislation and enforce it that would be in the best interests of your churches in this country. Be with those that cannot be with us today. Heal those that are sick. Lift up those that are cast down. Recover those that are wandering and bring them back to us again, O oh Lord. We ask in the name of the Good Shepherd and the Great Shepherd, even Jesus Christ our Savior, in whose name we confess our sins repudiating them all as being contrary to your word that did not bring us any satisfaction but only grief and guilt, that you would see us, O Lord, in our humility right. and receive us yes. as we now turn to worship thee with great joy and delight in the things that you have done and will do for us through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen.